1 Chronicles chapter 17, verse 1. And it came to pass, when David dwelt in his house, that David said to Nathan the prophet, Lo, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of the covenant of the Lord dwelleth under curtains. He meant that the beautiful ark of the Lord was in a tent, and he was living in a cedar house, and cedar is one of the most luxurious woods that there is, and yet God was in a tent. He was lamenting that God deserved a better house than he did, and yet his house was better than God's house, and David didn't like that. 2. And Nathan said unto David, Do all that is in thy heart, for God is with thee. The prophet told David, God is with you, so if it's in your heart to make him a better place, then go for it. 3. And it came to pass the same night that the word of God came to Nathan, saying, Now God intervenes and says, I see that David has a heart for me, and so does Nathan, but they both need instructions. So now God is giving Nathan a prophecy. 4. This is God speaking. Go and tell David my servant, thus saith the Lord, Thou shalt not build me a house to dwell in. 5. For I have not dwelt in a house since the day that I brought up Israel unto this day, but have gone from tent to tent, and from one tabernacle to another. The original tabernacle isn't in use anymore. The Israelites wandered in the desert for 40 years, that's 4-0, and then for 410 years they had all of the judges, that would equal altogether 450. Then for another 40 years Saul reigned as king, so that would be 490. Then for seven years King David ruled outside of Jerusalem, so that would be 497 years, almost 500 years from the time that the first tabernacle was built. So we know for certain that the ark was kept in multiple tabernacles because those tabernacles, after a certain period of time, were no good anymore. They were inoperable. And so they had to keep putting the ark of the covenant in a new tent over and over. And that's what that verse is talking about. 6. In all places wherein I have walked among all Israel, spoke I a word with any of the judges of Israel whom I commanded to feed my people, saying, Why have ye not built me a house of cedar? This is important for three reasons. For one, he knew that they would constantly be moving, and he wanted to be with them all the time. And if they kept building temples, it would just be a waste of energy. But more importantly, he owns the earth. So he doesn't need us to build him a temple to dwell in, nor to build a statue and say, oh, God is in this statue. God owns the entire earth and the entire universe. So who are we to put him in a building? That doesn't make any sense. He chose to dwell above the cherubim, but that wasn't the only place he dwelt because he's in everything. According to the New Testament, God is everywhere. So he wasn't just above the cherubim, but that was a special dwelling place for him that he chose on his own. And the third reason is to foreshadow the humility, the meekness of Jesus Christ to come. Jesus was so meek that he was born in a cave outside of Bethlehem among animals. That's how meek he was. He left all of his glory in heaven. To come to earth, to be tempted and resist sin, and then to be murdered by his own creation and die for our sins and liberate us by his blood. Just the act of leaving heaven was the most meek and humble thing anybody has ever done. And then he was so meek that he was crucified outside of Jerusalem 
they murdered him outside the city like you would with a sacrificial animal. In that sense, he was again with the animals, being meek and lowly, not even in the man-made city. He was all about not being in man-made things. He's God. So for all those reasons, he didn't need a temple. But he honors the love that David has for him in wanting to make him a temple. 7. Now therefore thus shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheep coat, from following the sheep, that thou shouldst be prince over my people Israel. He's saying, I took you from being a shepherd of sheep to being a shepherd of people. And it's important because David needed the same leadership skills that you need to take care of sheep in order to take care of people. Because you have to be really sacrificial to take care of your sheep. You have to protect their lives and lead them to water and food and safety. 8. And I have been with thee whithersoever thou wentest. Whithersoever means wherever. And have cut off all thine enemies from before thee. And I will make thee a name like unto the name of the great ones that are in the earth. And that certainly happened. Everybody knows who King David was. Even the Buddhist monks know who King David was. 9. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, that they may dwell in their own place and be disquieted no more. To be disquieted is when opposing nations come to make war with you. Neither shall the children of wickedness waste them any more as at the first. This promise did come true during a portion of King David's reign. They did have peace because King David was honoring the Lord, but not during his entire reign. At the end of his reign, there was a lot of chaos and mayhem because of David's sin. This will come true in its entirety during Christ's millennial reign on earth, which will happen after the Great Tribulation. And we'll talk more about that when we get to the New Testament. 10. Even from the day that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and I will subdue all thine enemies, moreover I tell thee that the Lord will build thee a house. God is saying he's going to build the household of King David, meaning all of his descendants. 11. And it shall come to pass, when thy days are fulfilled, that thou must go to be with thy fathers, that I will set up thy seed after thee, who shall be of thy sons, and I will establish his kingdom. God says, After you die, David, your own son will become king. 12. He shall build me a house, and I will establish his throne forever. 13. I will be to him for a father, and he shall be to me for a son. And I will not take my mercy away from him, as I took it from him that was before thee. God is saying he will not be unmerciful to David's son as he was to Saul when he didn't forgive Saul. Of course, Saul never repented. He took the throne away from Saul permanently. However, he will never do that to any of David's sons who reign. 14. But I will settle him in my house and in my kingdom forever, and his throne shall be established forever. And this is because Jesus Christ will descend from King David. 15. According to all these words, and according to all this vision, so did Nathan speak unto David. Nathan the prophet told David everything that God had said. 16. Then David the king went in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house, that thou hast brought me thus far? When he's saying, What is my house? He means, What is my family heritage? Why is my family so great that you have brought me thus far? But he should know he's from the tribe of Judah, and that tribe was blessed by Jacob as being the royal tribe. 
However, David's a humble person. He was the youngest son of his father, so that may be another reason why he thinks his house should be lowly, is because he probably thinks his oldest brother should have been king. And he's asking the Lord, why are you blessing me so greatly? But we know the answer today. It's because David absolutely adored the Lord with all of his heart. 17. And this was a small thing in thine eyes, O God, but thou hast spoken of thy servant's house for a great while to come, and hast regarded me after the manner of a man of high degree, O Lord God. 18. What can David say yet more unto thee concerning the honor which is done to thy servant? For thou knowest thy servant. 19. O Lord, for thy servant's sake, and according to thine own heart, hast thou wrought all this greatness to make known all these great things. 20. O Lord, there is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. 21. And who is like thy people Israel, a nation, one in the earth, whom God went to redeem unto himself for a people, to make thee a name, by great and tremendous things, in driving out nations from before thy people, whom thou didst redeem out of Egypt? Now this is a prayer that David is saying, after Nathan spoke the prophecy, in verse 16 is when David started praying to the Lord. He's extolling the Lord for all the great things that the Lord has already done. 20. O Lord, there is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. 21. And who is like thy people Israel, a nation, one in the earth, whom God went to redeem unto himself for a people, to make thee a name by great and tremendous things, in driving out nations from before thy people, whom thou didst redeem out of Egypt? God chose Israel for a reason. It was to be a sign and a symbol to the rest of the world of his great power. He didn't choose them because they're fundamentally different from the rest of us. They're not. They're human just like everybody else. They sin just like everybody else. They're weak just like everybody else. But he chose them as an example to the entire world that this is what happens when you obey God and this is what happens when you don't. Every time the Israelites obeyed God, he made them great above all the pagan nations. And every time they sinned, he caused the pagan nations to persecute them. And that is to show all of us that he disciplines those whom he loves. When we live in sin deliberately, he will send discipline into our lives. He'll let the cops knock at the door and bad things like that because he wants us to know the folly of sin. But when we obey the Lord, then blessing will come into our lives. We'll have peace and safety and sanctity. And because of what has happened to the Israelites all throughout time, we know that this is true. We can read the Bible and then we understand why our life goes downhill when we're sinning and why we have so much safety and joy and peace when we're not sinning. 22. For thy people Israel didst thou make thine own people forever, and thou, Lord, becamest their God. 23. And now, O Lord, let the word that thou hast spoken concerning thy servant and concerning his house be established forever, and do as thou hast spoken. David is now saying to God, What you have promised me, let it be true. 24. Yea, let it be established, and let thy name be magnified forever, that it may be said, The Lord of hosts is the God of Israel, even a God to Israel, and the house of David thy servant shall be established before thee. David is saying, Let the whole world know that you are our God, and that you have established us, and that you are establishing my house, meaning my lineage. 
25, For thou, O my God, hast revealed to thy servant that thou wilt build him a house. Therefore hath thy servant taken heart to pray before thee. This kind of house building is talking about building up the lineage of King David so that all of his generations sit on the throne. In the lines of the king of Judah, every single one of those kings descended from David. But in the lines of the kings of Israel, there was just nothing but chaos going on. Lines kept getting cut off over and over. 26. And now, O Lord, thou alone art God, and hast promised this good thing unto thy servant. 27. And now it hath pleased thee to bless the house of thy servant, that it may continue forever before thee. For thou, O Lord, hast blessed, and so let thy servant be blessed forever. You and I can pray the same prayer to God, because he's blessed us as well. If we have received salvation, we're abundantly blessed, and we will be blessed forever in all of eternity with him. And we can thank him every day for that. And that concludes First Chronicles chapter 17.